everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Jen Hatmaker. This is the For the Love podcast, and we are in a really great series called For the Love of Laughter, and we have comedians on and comics and funny writers and funny people, and I'm having the absolute best time, and today is absolutely no exception. You're going to love this conversation, you guys, Um, and I'm sorry in advance because basically all I did was laugh through it. Uh, Today on the show, we have comedian John Christ. If you already know him, you're already cheering. Um, If you don't, you're going to love him by the end of this. John is absolutely hilarious. He's his online videos have had over 150 million views. So he has hilarious viral sensations like, uh, well, we mentioned it, but millennial international, you're going to die. You're going to die over it. Um, he's also a stand up. Obviously he does over 200 live shows a year. He kind of performs in all sorts of venues and television appearances and live at Gotham laughs on Fox. He's, he shared the stage with a lot of comics that you and I love. Um, Dave Chappelle and Jeff Foxworthy, Tim Hawkins, Trevor Noah, Seth Meyers, Dana Carvey. I mean, some legends and Angela Johnson, right. Who we just had on this um, series as well. And so in fact, this is what Louis Anderson said about John. He said, it's only a matter of time until John Christ is a household name. He is so likable and his standup is top notch. And all of that is incredibly true. He was a finalist actually in Comedy Central's Up Next Comedy Competition. Um, and so he's all over the place. He's on BuzzFeed and, and Men's Humor and Relevant Magazine and uh, he's everywhere. Um, and we're going to have links to all of his videos and his social media stuff. And, uh, and you're going to fall in love with John. He's on the winter tour jam right this minute, um, being headlined by skillet and featuring Carrie Job too. So he took a little bit of a time out to be on the podcast and you guys, this is such a fun conversation. So I'm really, really glad you're here. So help me welcome John Christ. All right. Welcome to the show, John Christ. Of all, that's how you're introducing me as a, in a, in a lullaby. Great. I felt like I needed to dip into song. It just felt I appropriate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel, I feel good about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That we we don't. We have an intro video now at my live shows because the the pastor has screwed it up so many times that we're just like you know we'll just we're doing a video now. We're not. We we can't have people messing this up. Like Pastor Brian, just sit down. Just sit yeah. down, please. <laughs> please don't take the intro. He's like, <laughs> so man, there's a lot of people packed into this church right now. Can I get five minutes up front? I'm like, come on, <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> <would> you... <laughs> totally. And pastors are so notoriously like witty and entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Not... yeah of course. Yeah, they're but they're like they they but what what happens at my shows a lot of times is the the church is now full of like just people from Louisville, Kentucky, not necessarily from that church. Exactly. So, like, now no one knows who the pastor is. And it's like, oh, wait, these aren't my people. They're like, who's this guy in the khaki pants doing this really lame shtick? Like, <laughs> sit down. We're here for John. Um, hey. You're totally on tour right now, by the way. So first of all, thanks for taking a quick little break for the podcast. You're on Winter Jam, right? How's it going? Is it fine? I'm on, uh, you know what? I'm on Winter Jam and, and we, we uh, it's like 48 
markets from January 1st to April, like the, the beginning of April. And the mother. <laughs> You're in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yes. So, well, actually, I grew up in Lilburn, Georgia, which is where my parents live. And I am I am busing in and out of my parents' house. And it's, that's where I'm at right now. You're at your mom and dad's house? Yeah, I don't want to brag. Yeah, but I'm at my parents' house. <laughs> Listen, being on tour is fancy. It is. I mean, yeah, it's fancy. You, like, yeah, but stay I try in to... your boyhood room. It's really That's amazing. what I'm saying. Yeah. I just, my mom actually texted me this morning. She goes, You got to be out of the house by 10 30 because the cleaning lady's coming. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I'm like a big deal on the internet. Like, I'm famous. She's like, Get out. I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up your freaking socks. Yeah, why uh, is wrong with you? You're a grown man. Let's talk about your parents because, you know, when we sort of funnel down to how you sort of got your start as a comedian, you're like, listen, I grew up in Georgia. My dad's a pastor. I was the third of eight homeschooled kids. We've been to a lot of therapy for that. And you just make a joke out of it. Great, Jen. <laughs> talk about your family a little bit and like just your your childhood and like how on earth did you parlay this into this hysterical humor? I was one of eight kids and like, I was kind of like, uh, like the middle and I was kind of like, ne- now I wouldn't say neglected, but maybe like kind of overlooked and everybody else had a kind of like a skill, whether they were like a, uh, you know, a musician or athletic and I had nothing. All I could okay. do was just, everybody just come to me cause I would just roast on everything. Right. And then, okay, so you were funny from the beginning. Yeah. I was funny for not like professionally, like, but I was, yeah, every, oh, even as a, as a kid. Yeah. I was always funny. Yeah. Like the family clown. Um, yeah. You were homeschooled all the way through, all the way through high school? You know, I was homeschooled up to, I was homeschooled first to eighth grade. And then my parent, my mom, when she had the last, the eighth kid, she went into like, uh, like a postpartum, like depression type situation. She was like, I can't, okay. I can't do this anymore. So then I went to, uh, uh, parents always threatened me with sending me to school. So they finally did. And I got beat up daily. So it was great. <laughs> Um, I cannot imagine uh, like a traditional high school experience after being homeschooled <laughs> your whole life. Was it bananas? Did you go to public school? I went. I went to private school, but it was it was uh, as much as a uh, uh-huh. uh, different world that that uh, homeschool ever was. That I was like, what on uh, parents? If you're listening and you're thinking about homeschooling your kids, like maybe maybe get them in at sixth grade or maybe seventh. There's just not not right to high school, maybe. <laughs> I'm enjoying like the I'm enjoying imagining you coming in as a freshman. It's already a weird year. It's hard to be a freshman yeah. human being, um, much less trying to like figure out high school dynamics. So obviously, you have very much lived by the principle about writing about what you know. I get this. I'm a writer too, and I dabble in humor. And so, like people all the time are telling me, I can't believe you have five kids. I'm like, you know what five kids are? material. That's what it is. Content. My dad was a pastor. So I was always kind of, the problem with going to the public school was that I, I had like a, coming out of homeschool, I had like a lot of confidence, but like not like legit confidence. I just thought I was the man, but I was like, I was the man <laughs> in my house. But like I got to public school and I'm like, dude, you're not the man, which is the same thing that happened when I thought I was like being hilarious. And then I, I did a, uh, I did stand up for the first time, like at a comedy club. And it was, uh, it was oh, yeah. problematic. Yeah. Was it a disaster? Yeah. hundred percent a disaster. Cause I was like doing stand up at like, I, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I was like the announcement guy at church, you know, you know, the announcement sure. guy. Of course I know. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's my native tongue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like dirty, but I was saying things that are like, maybe like irreverent for the church. Like I'd be like, 
I'd be like, hey, there's a church picnic this weekend. I'm probably only going to go to find girls or something like that. And they would be like, wait, what? And so I was like, <laughs> I was this like dumb, like hilarious guy at church, which is stupid sure. anyway. And then I was like, I brought that same confidence into the comedy club and I got eaten alive, dude. <laughs> They're like, sit down, dumb, dumb. They were like, we don't get your joke about David and Bathsheba. I was like, okay. <laughs> but- <laughs> okay, so obviously, like in your comedy early on and still to this day, because you figured out how to make it work, you kind of reached into your evangelical experience and your kind of conservative Southern you know, homeschooled experience, which I can see that that might struggle to translate sometimes, but you found your crowd. (laughs) You found your crowd. You did it. Well, well, before finding the crowd, I think of what a lot of, what a lot of Christian, if there's like, if there is Christian comedy, I don't even know if that's a thing, but if there is like, I, I, I bombed at the comedy club, but then I stayed there for like eight years. Like I stayed in the, yeah, in, in like perfecting my craft and getting good and like yeah. getting so like if you're not good at the comedy club, like they're going to throw a beer bottle like at the state. You know what I'm saying? Like if the, yeah. these people are drinking and these people are like there to see their their famous whoever that they paid 60 bucks for exactly. and you're opening up with 20 minutes. If it's not good, like they're going to turn on you fast. So so that's where I, oh, I, yeah. I developed this uh Maybe this, I was like, I didn't want to do any Christian related, uh, like, uh, jokes or anything. Okay, Cause yeah. I was in there eight, nine years in the club. And then, and so I got good, like being edgy that way. Cause a lot of Christian comics, if there is a, such a thing, don't understand that just because you're Christian doesn't mean you can't go after some stuff and doesn't mean you yeah. can poke holes at some stuff from the inside. Like I've, I've probably roasted, I'm on winter jam. I probably roasted every single one of those artists at one time or another in my, in my, uh, right. totally. on videos. Yeah. 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 I probably, I probably roasted you. I'm just kidding. I don't think I've ever yeah, roasted I'm sure you. you have. It's so easy. It's so easy. And I make, I make it really, I make it simple for you. What did your content kind of center on in your, in your comedy club days? Like when you were sort yeah. of honing your craft? Okay. So I was talking about, you know, dating and, and being my roommates and, you know, being poor and eating fast food and stuff like that. And I was at the comedy club. I'll never, I'll never forget this. I was at the comedy club in Hermosa beach, California. It's probably four years ago. And, uh, I forgot who the comic's name was a female comic. And she had a joke about Moses and the burning bush and everyone, okay. everyone was dying laughing. And I was like, wait, what? what? And then I, I talked to her after the show. I was like, what? She goes, and as a, like a believer, I was like, and everyone knew the story, which has shocked me. And and so like, then I was like, oh, so maybe I can like, even in the comedy club, I could mention Jesus. I could mention, uh, churches. They, Mm -hmm. they meet on Sunday morning. They, they ask for money. These churches, uh, everybody knows the disciples. Everybody knows Noah's Ark. Everybody knows the 10 commandments, Christian or not. If you grew up in this country, especially in the South, you know, of Joel Osteen, you know, of, uh, David and Goliath, you know, of, you know, also I was like, well, maybe I can, step out in the comedy clubs and kind of start talking about these things. And then sure enough, everyone was like, yeah, we know what that is. Like we totally. Christian or not, they're like, yeah, yeah. We know what, uh, Cain and Abel, we know Adam and Eve, the, the uh-huh. Apple thing. We get it. We know. And all the jokes started to be, I wasn't 
coming at it from like angry. I was just like, these are the things that I like experience in life. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, we love it. Oh yeah. That's amazing. And so did right away, you kind of take it from the um, parody approach, sort of the, just the why Christians are just so weird approach. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everyone, you know it's true. Everyone does get that part. Everyone for sure yes. gets that part that, uh, and it, the, I told somebody recently, the comedy is like the great equalizer. Like in that green room, there's like, let's, if you call me a Christian comic, there will be uh, Latino comics. There's gay comics. Yeah. There's lesbian yeah. comics. There's yeah. uh, there's Boston comics. There's Jewish comics. There's every okay. there's everything comics, and you can be anything you want as long as it's funny. That's a great point. That's the great because I would be like, you know, if I'm sitting at the comedy club, I would want to hear, I would want to hear a Jewish guy's take on the Olympics or a, yeah. a, a, a gay guy's take on living in the Bible Belt. Like these aren't my yeah. perspectives, but I would like to hear the other guy talk about how he sees the same things that I see. So I'm talking about great. everything that everyone else sees, just as a, I'm filtering it through as being a believer, you know. I like that because you're right about it. Really good comedy that's like tightly delivered and funny for everybody in the room. One of my favorite videos of yours, and I have a lot, but oh no. Um, so John and I did a video together at Catalyst probably two years ago, maybe. Um, I think it's, it on, it so, be, it's on the internet somewhere. Yeah, it's on the everything is on the internet. Oh my gosh, the internet yeah, lives. Yeah. Um, they do. So I'll put that one up. But no, one of one of my very, very favorite is, um, is your video on sponsoring a millennial. It's just too funny. Oh, man. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I literally just watched it about 20 minutes ago again. And I'm just <laughs> cackling. I'm sitting in my office, just cackling out loud like a witch. How did this one like come around? Cause it is, oh. I, again, we'll have the links up. You guys, if you haven't seen it, you're going to die laughing. Will you explain the, um, what it is? Yeah. So it's basically like a, a, a compassion international is like a Christian organization that you sponsor a kid for like 30 bucks a month. You could sponsor a millennial for like, <laughs> it was like 2,500 bucks a month or something like that. I don't remember what the joke is, but every, every piece of content you'll ever see on the internet of mine, it comes, it's like, it's a joke, but it comes from real life and probably like totally. real anger or real pain. That's not like, as honestly as I could say, like I had lived with, uh, some people that were like, as, as a comic trying to come up, I get up at, you know, four thirty in the morning to get a, a flight at six, and I'm right. and dragging boxes of merchandise through the airport terminal to like get a get a layover to get a sound check. I'm sitting in a Southwest flight in the middle, and then I get a right. an and I'm scraping by like trying to barely trying to make a living, and then I get a, a letter from a dude at my church right. that's like. I'm just going to chill in like LA and I need like three grand a month for y'all. to like, totally. you know, dude, get, dude, this is the most, I was so angry, but the only way I know how to like, like work through my anger is through humor. Of course. Like, like, it's like, I feel like it's very thinly veiled. <laughs> that's amazing. I hope he knows that that was about him. Cause that makes well, me, that makes that, that thrills my passive aggressive side. Yeah. Like, you know what, bro? You know what you just gave me? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the thanks for the inspiration. I think the best the best video that would ever that would ever travel on the internet has got to be like the perfect combination of humor and truth. So like right. exactly. so like if you there's a lot of like bloggers or like people that are running our circles that are just like angry at a lot of things yes. in 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 our faith and they're like 
I can't believe millennials are this and they're entitled and this and this and this right. and this, and we need to change this. And when we, they need to start paying attention to X, Y, Z, like that doesn't travel because right. nobody wants to be the bearer of that message. Exactly. But when you package it in like humor and satire, it's hilarious. And everyone's like, and, and you know what? There's no, it's the same a lot of times with like, if you make fun of like, uh, you know, helicopter parents, millennials, totally. no one thinks, no one thinks they're the helicopter parent. They're like, I know someone worse. That's who <laughs> that's you're talking true. about. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's a great point. Um, like, I love, <laughs> I love it when you're in that video and you're like, all the the millennials are going through what they need out of their sponsorship money, and you're like, I need dog food for my rescue dog. I just die. I'm on the ground. It's just everything is so freaking funny. I mean, you've just plucked out all these these buzzwords and all this the kale chips. It's just all too much. It's too, so and, and then, so uh, funny. You look on <laughs> if you look on uh, like the comments or something, people would say like a lot of parents would defend their kid by saying. My child is not like this. My kid has three jobs. I'm like, hey, right. the number of jobs you have just means they're terrible jobs. Like, <laughs> you should have, Jen, you have one job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have one. Like, if you were, right. if you like work at Starbucks and you're also a nanny and you're also an Uber driver, like, that's right. not helping your cause, I don't think. It's not a badge of honor. <laughs> uh, uh, also, the, your character's name in that video is Declan, and I'm dead over it. I, just, oh, I, can't, with, I can't with Declan. You don't um, have a Declan. Do you have a Declan? You don't, do you? <laughs> I don't have a Declan. It just makes me laugh so hard. That's the perfect name. Um, now, you're a millennial, right? How old are you? I'm 33. You can put me in that category. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Yes. You're, just, you're okay. on the north side of that, aren't you? What? No, north I guess that's of, right it. Well, you know, being a millennial. Like, I would say a lot of the, uh, like, even a lot of the jokes on, like, Christian culture or, like, on, uh, like, the church or something like that. I'm not saying, like, you guys are idiots. I'm saying, like, we are idiots. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? So it's, it's so it's true. Not a, it's a, it's a, if I'm poking holes at it, it's from the inside, not from yes. the outside. So I would, I would squarely put myself in, in the millennial category in terms of, I, I do have a job and I do work hard, but all the other, I just can't right now. It's like, it's just too much. <laughs> like that's a hundred percent. And like, I'm, I'm upset when there's no Wi-Fi at the airport, you know? <laughs> Oh, it makes me so happy. It makes me laugh so hard. Let's go back to your career because I, um, you know, this, this whole series is on, is on comedy and comics. And, um, I've just had some really amazing comics on some that you've worked with. Actually, I think you've worked with Angela Johnson, haven't you? Oh man. Hunter, I just talked to her like two days ago. She's so funny and smart, <laughs> um, but you know, one comment thread like throughout all the comics it's just it's such hard work i mean it yeah. is such a hustle comedy is such a grind and yep. so like for a lot of us who are newish to you it appears like you just exploded on the scene but that is like yeah. fundamentally not true like you slept you slept yeah. and you slept and you slept like to walk us through a bit of your like career pr progression from sort of the days where you're sort of honing it in in comedy clubs and what did that look like and then to where you are now Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, so if anyone's like trying to pursue any kind of like creative career, like we didn't, we didn't really ask about like even like money until probably like six years in, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we want, I'd never, we, one time we, I lived in Denver, Colorado and we drove up to like, I don't know, like Laramie or like Cheyenne or something in Wyoming because there was this new bar that opened up that had an open mic on like a Monday 
And we like six of us like piled in the car and drove up there. And I'll never forget the bartender. There was like, you know, five people in there drinking. And there was like the bar. And we were like, we came from Denver. And the bartender was like, why? Why? <laughs> right. Why? And it, but we like just wanted to do it so bad. I just wanted to tell jokes. I didn't, yep. didn't want to say, how do I like get famous or how do I like, like, if you want to know how to, how to start a TV show, like you got an iPhone, just start putting it on YouTube yeah. tomorrow. And if you're not exactly. like, if you're not passionate about making the content, then it's, it's going to be any career path is going to be a problem. But we would, I mean, we would drive everywhere just to tell jokes. And then, and then um, people don't understand the comedy is very like, it's the most vulnerable position on earth because if totally. it goes well, they'll like carry you out on their shoulders. But if it goes bad, have you ever been to a bad comedy show? There's nothing worse. Oh my gosh. I want to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> like I, I like, I want to die of secondhand embarrassment. It's and, the worst. Yeah, and you're not even uh, up there. No, no. I just, I want to rescue everybody. The comic, yeah, the everybody. audience. I'm like, Oh, how can this end? I pray for the rapture. It's and it, you're so right. And people are mean. A, I think there's a down in, in Austin is there's like cap city. Is that what the comedy club down there? Oh yeah. Uh huh. All right. So like Brian Regan used to have a bit about how he would do comedy for like a corporate event. Let's say they book him for like an hour. Like okay. how come after 10 minutes, you can't be like, Hey, this isn't going well. Like y'all just want to go to the bar and then I'll just leave. Like you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. You're stuck. You're it's stuck. like you're in prison. You're in your own prison of your own making. And people it's are not worst. kind. It's not like a church where you're even going to get polite collapse. People are nope. just savage. I mean, absolutely screaming at you. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of comics, like there's like a lot of Instagram and like, uh, like internet comics that make like funny YouTube videos. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, Hey, you want to come out to like the live show? And they're like, absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I do not. <laughs> so, it's like, vulnerable. You're right. I mean, it's it's pretty courageous to stand up in front of a live crowd yep. and do a comedy bit, especially when it's kind of born out of your own life. So it's also weirdly personal, very vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And if it if it's like if you let's say you have like a speaking engagement that that doesn't let's say according to your standards does not yeah. go well, right? Oh, yeah. If let's say if I'm sitting in the back and if I never have seen Jen Hatmaker before, I don't know if this is good or bad. You do, uh -huh. but I don't. I'm like I don't know. I heard her and it was cool, but like if a comedy show goes bad, like everyone knows, like oh this is it's not so true. Well. <laughs> That's true, and they read the room too. So even if they're not sure, if they're not positive, they if they like you or not, if the rest of the room doesn't, it's like this terrible like mob mentality. Like you know what I do hate him. Yeah, we all – yeah, yeah. actually at, at uh, Winter Jam, this is probably like last weekend, we were in like – I don't know where we were, Columbus, Ohio. There's probably, uh, I don't know, 12,000 people in there. And I one of the jokes oh is the closer of my bit is kind of like I call back all these jokes from, from the show. Uh -huh. So I'm calling back all these references from the show, and I get to right. the one callback, and I realize I never did the joke. Whoops. <laughs> so I did the callback and every like it was just crushing, crushing, crushing. And I did this one part and everyone just looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> did you know it immediately when you said it like, oh, oh dang. No, oh. I, I knew it. But once I started into it, I was like, oh, oh this is not going to go well. And every, all my buddies were, of course, backstage, like was the best day of their lives, of course. Does <laughs> <laughs> Winter Jam typically travel with a comic or are you the first one? I'm the first ever comedian on Winter Jam. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Who else is with you on this tour? 
Uh, let's see, Kerry Jobs out there. Skillet is uh, headlining it. Building yep. 429. KB, the, the rapper. They got they. You know, it's like it's like putting Dave Chappelle and Jeff Foxworthy together. It doesn't make sense, but if you're Christian, <laughs> you gotta like everybody. That's how. <laughs> it's part of your duty. That would it's make, so true. It would make literally no sense whatsoever this lineup. But if you're like, well, if you're Christian, yeah, I guess you have to like all these people. Right? Well, this is what you get. Imagine you doing like let's say you do an event and in, these are all it's the church is packed full of your people which you right. invited these people they know you from the internet okay versus you doing like i don't I, like a like a uh, like a benny hinn conference right so totally. these i don't know maybe that's not the best example it's like, a really awesome example because it's so yeah. bizarre you just walk out and everybody's like what's with the feather earrings and everybody's <laughs> totally <laughs> Uh, are you but, first? Do they, like, do they trot you out first to warm up the crowd? Okay, can you please use a different term than trot me out, please? I'm so sorry. Wow. Is that me? <laughs> like you're their pet. Do they trot you out there? Here's Johnny. No, I'm like I'm like towards the uh, like I'm right before Carrie Job, so it's actually okay. right towards the end. So it's nice. It's a nice. It is a nice spot. But I came out. I've used to performing in front of my crowds for the last year, year plus, yeah. and so now I'm. I go and I forget or like, all right, these are like, these are like, this is a Carrie Job fan that has never heard of me. Right. So I just can't. Right. I can't and Christians are weird with humor. Gonna... Sometimes they don't know if they're supposed to laugh. Yeah. You they know, don't they know don't... what. Yeah. Like, can, very... we, can we make fun of, 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 of Moses? We're just right. not sure if we have Wait. permission. This is so I had like a joke about like, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I'd be like, my youth pastor said, if you don't have a job, you can't have a girlfriend. That was the rule in my youth group until one day I raised my hand. I go, what if I got two jobs? <laughs> it's not that funny. You don't have to laugh at that. It's okay. I'm laughing. <laughs> I am laughing. You don't tell and me what to do. So it's, so it's like, that's not like the, that's not like the, the highest of brow of comedy, but like people are right. like, are we a lot? But like in the comedy club, they're like, really dude. But like, <laughs> Here it's like I gotta I forget that these aren't my I gotta like I gotta give them a back massage before I kick them you know what I'm saying I gotta I can't just come out and start beating them up like I do at my crowd you know I'll just crush everything that's so true they're too precious for it they're about to hear Carrie yeah they're like we're not ready for so I have like a I have a joke that goes uh, you ever had anyone ask you to pray for something so stupid you just think to yourself I ain't praying for that that's like a but i i do that like 10 minutes into the show not at the right. beginning because it's a little too much right i see i see you've given them a little bit of permission bit by bit yeah to laugh like, at christian humor yes and then they're like oh okay and then by the end everybody's on the team you know what i'm saying but you can't just come out and, and uh you know get them with the edgy stuff because but i can at my shows but i just forget who i'm who i'm working with here okay that's so true Okay, guys, quick break to tell you about two things I'm super excited about. So first of all, if you're feeling like you spend too much, eat too much, own too much, waste too much, you might want to check out the seven experiment video series and books I developed and take the seven week challenge against excess that literally changed our family's lives permanently. I'm, I'm serious. And listen, if you'll use the code podcast at checkout, you'll get $10 off any package. If you already have the book, and some of you do, we have a package for you too, and the code still counts. So you can find out more about all of this at the seven experiment.com, the seven experiment.com. Second, 
In the spirit of my latest book of Mess and Moxie and my good friend Nicole Nordeman's latest album, Every Mile Mattered, the two of us are hitting the road for the 12 City Moxie Matters Tour this spring. So it starts January 24th, and you guys, really, it is it is such a great night. Tickets are as low as $24, and they are selling out by the day. So grab your friends and get your tickets at moxymatterstour.com. We seriously cannot wait to see you. So all this information about the seven experiment and the tour is also on my website at jenhatmaker.com. Okay, you guys, back to the show. What is some of your Christian comedy that you were you had thought this is hilarious and it's going to slay and it's crickets? Oh man, uh, that's the, I got to oh oh I got a good example. I thought okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you know uh, you know <laughs> this is stupid. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but this is great. You know uh, Tom's shoes, of course. You know how that works, right? With the uh, the one for one and everything. Yeah, I do. I go, I go, man. I felt awful the other day. Uh, I had to return a pair of Toms. So they had to like this. So they got the guy in a suit had to go down to Guatemala. The kid was playing soccer. He's like, I'm sorry. I need these shoes. Back. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was, it, I could not have imagined. Like, you know, when you're like quiet in this house so I can sleep like that would have been so quiet. That's so amazing. Oh, they weren't ready for that one. That was the wrong crowd. They were like, no, nah, um, dude, we can't I can't we can't go with you there, bro. We can't no, go with you. No. Not from the Guatemalan sixth grader. I can't well, do it. I said um like the 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 joke about uh, I ain't praying for that. Like I was like right. I go, I ain't praying for your sick cat. Like dog maybe, not a cat. Like I'm not paying like I'm not praying and then I go I go, the other day, a couple asked me to pray for them. They said they were trying to get pregnant. I was like, ugh. Like, I don't know how to pray exactly. <laughs> I don't know how exactly to pray. <laughs> and then I started into this bit, and they were like, nope, 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 nope. nope. The sperm gets all the way to the egg. Yeah, like, what? how, like, they're like, right. just pray. Like, we're, we're, we got dinner reservations at 7. We'll be home at 9.30. Just pray from 9.30. Yeah. To nope, 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 nope. <laughs> That's awesome. That's but amazing. The, the people don't understand that 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 you, you sometimes as a, as a comic you follow me on the internet or or if you come to a live stand up show you think the how come the comic has all this power to just say whatever he wants and to go off and just roast whatever he wants is actually a hundred percent opposite. Like hmm. I you you guys determine what is good and like the crowd will the crowd will I don't care how famous you are. The crowd will shut you down in a second if it's not. That's if so it's, true. If it's a, or the same on the internet. Like I don't, I don't have a big enough following to get a video to go to like forty million views. But it, I, I rely on you to relate to it, like it, think it's funny, it's think it's true, and share it. So I mean, you go back on the internet to see the ones that have like no views. They're like, oh yeah, he didn't either. He didn't. Uh, it wasn't true, or yep. he didn't hit the mark, or it wasn't funny. So I'm, yeah. I'm not the. I don't, I'm not the be all end all of like, I could say whatever I want. It's it's literally the opposite. That's a great point. I mean, I think that that listener feedback is invaluable to a comic. It's really how you get better too. 100%, that's, yeah. that's why you go into the club and you try out the same bit slightly different yeah, 40 yeah, times yeah. Mm-hmm. until that 40th time you've dialed it in perfectly. The laughs are killing. They're all the, the timing has got it. Um, but like 
there's skill to comedy, a ton of skill. It is a very, very specific craft and it is incredibly hard. And Seinfeld would, would he'd say that it's a, it's a, the problem where, where comics go wrong is that it's a, Stand up. If you ever been to a live stand up show, he he explains it. It's like a conversation. You're you're communicating with them, and then they are communicating back to you with with laughter or applause yeah. breaks or silence or groans or. And if you are not listening to that, if you just say, "Hey, this is my ten minutes. I'm going to do ten minutes, no matter what." Yeah. Then like if if I. Now, I'm not to say I'm above bombing now, but if I had a bad joke, like just that Tom's joke, I'll go, well, okay, well, I thought that was different in my head. I thought that was yeah. going to be hilarious. And then the crowd is goes, okay, thank you. You've acknowledged mm-hmm. that. And now we're, we're back at ease. Like you said, you're in the comedy club and the guy's bombing, but he is not acknowledging that he's bombing. Oh, that's good. So if he goes... Man, I, I, this is—I don't know. This is not my crowd. Uh, last night was better. He, you would be uh-huh. like, "Thank God for saying that." Right. We feel the same awkwardness. But if you just mention it, pop a hole in that balloon, then you can go do whatever you want. We're fine. Then we are, Then we kind of are endeared to you, and now That's we love right. you, and now we root for your success. That's a great point. It, it kind of humanizes the comic yeah. um, to sort of be in the moment that didn't work. I, I think that's a great point. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got the stand-up portion of your world um, that you do a ton and that's kind of how you came up. A lot of us know you, of course, through your videos, which are so, incre- they have so many views. I'm mean, so incredibly viral. So many of them. Um, which, which do you, pr- which medium do you prefer? Oh man, that's a good question. Well, you know what you're going to have, a, especially since this is audio only. Only. You're gonna have to put a picture of me up or something because you're like, oh, we got John Christ. Everybody's gonna be like, who's that? And then they see them, like, oh, that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. The, the thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> I think. I think uh, I will never. As any comic you talk to, Kevin Hart, and he said, right, you'll never give up the live stage because the, mm. the reaction is so immediate and it's so much mm-hmm. adrenaline. You can never replace that. Like if I don't, if I make a video especially if you're in a movie, like you don't like in the ratings of your show, like you're like, I like this, this is fun, but we don't know if this is going to be good for nine months. Totally. Yeah. I don't. And that is like, and then by that time it's like, well, if you wanted to comment on something, like if something happens in the news today, I can talk about it tonight at the show. That's what's brilliant about it. Right. So I think right. the live stand up is, is all it'll, I don't think I'll, I'll, I would always want to do that. And that the videos kind of people were like, buy tickets to my show and they don't even know what it is. Like, what are we going right. to do there? I'm like, well, I'm a comedian. I've been a comedian for like 10 years, but no one knows that. So uh-huh. I think it's actually worked for me well because it's not like you've seen all my bits. You don't, you don't know what the show point. is. You know, your videos are amazing, but they're scripted. You know, they're, they're produced. And yeah, so yeah, right. you get to dial in your comedy with editing. We're in a live setting. I mean, it's just like every man for himself. You're like, it's we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And we, and sometimes we have like, uh, like if a sh- I would I I remember one time where like a sh- I was at a college and the show was not going well it was in like it was in a uh, like a food court or something at a college okay. I mean this was probably six years ago or something like and like I had to stop every time someone had to fill up the ice machine because I couldn't hear over me it was, like, it was it was awful and I remember and I got into some maybe some kind of topic that may- somebody decided was not christian or or maybe uh-huh. I didn't. this wasn't a christian college none of the audience was christian but maybe somebody from the internet came out and they deemed that and they sent me an email and were like dude were you there were you, i was like literally thrown to the wolves like yes. like give me a set like 
give me a break a little bit like something across the line or i don't remember what but i was like it is so i'm literally fighting for my life up here like give me a break you know throw me a life preserver bro goodness christians are actually they can be really difficult with comedy and um, if they think you're crossing a line, they are for sure going to let you know it. Um, and so for you, who kind of you toggle back and forth between yeah. Christian audiences and not Christian audiences, is that ever hard for you to sort of flip that switch? Um, I, I, so I do. We're like this summer, I'm doing like a run of like comedy clubs. So I'll do like a, it's like, you know, 21 and older in there and you can drink in there. And there's like, I would never, ever, I would never like, for example, like swear in my comedy show or maybe uh-huh. make a, like a derogatory, like sex joke or something like that. Right. That's no matter where you see me, you're not going to find a joke like that. But, but you'd find that, I mean, you'd know the same thing. Like right. a casino is typically an older crowd, right? Yeah. And then versus a youth group who is kids. So I wouldn't go in the casino and make a joke about a Snapchat filter. Okay. Right. Cause just, it's not, it's not morally, it's not right or wrong. It's just like, that was, that'd be a poor choice for that yeah. crowd. So I have jokes that are like edgy or a little bit more topical or maybe address certain type of uh, societal or huh. racial overtones, but it's not, it's not that the joke is inappropriate, it, but it would be inappropriate for a, a youth event. A hundred percent. Yeah. Got it. But, it, but at the same time, like you do a, you do like a marriage conference and there's jokes that are are acceptable there that aren't at other spots. So I, but I do like I understand that if I do like a church and the pastor's like, hey, go follow this guy on Instagram. Like I, I there's kids that do, I do have a responsibility right. to them. Right, you're a clean comic, which is great, yeah. and um, and that we know that we can kind of trust you for that. We we love comedy in our family, and so we have reached for years for, for comics yeah. that we know are more or less cleanish. Like yeah. Brian, you mentioned Brian; he's so funny. Oh, whoa! You guys are on first name basis. Wow. Okay. We're not. I wish we were. <laughs> he's so freaking funny. Jim Gaffigan, all those guys. We love live comedy. This ability to command the space. Yeah. And you can't even necessarily describe it because it's as it's as much in the pauses and in the in yeah. the quiet yeah. space and in the body language as anything oh, as the actual man. material. Yeah. It's it's this whole enormous skill set that you only really can explain it when you see it you think, like yeah. oh oh he's a master That's, okay this so so like you know the the catalyst conference that we did yeah I, i've told this story before but so i was the first you were on the second day but i was hosting yeah. and introducing uh andy stanley okay and this was there's probably i mean how many people there Ten thousand or something like that and i'm doing this monologue at the beginning and this is right when andy's going through this whole thing about he how he was like heretical and like yeah he's not preaching out of the bible and how like uh, all these visits it's a very you know visitor friendly or something or i don't know i don't remember what it all is anyway so i did this joke i go man being back in that green room and uh doing my devotions was crazy (laughs) experience with all those christian celebrities back there i go like hey Craig Groeschel walked by. He goes, what is that, John 4? It's one of my favorite verses. And then uh, Jen Hatmaker walks by. She goes, oh, that's the NIV. It's my favorite. And then Andy Stanley walked by. goes, what is that, a Bible? Never heard of it. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and listen, is so good. That place, if you were – like if you ever come up to any me for the rest of my life and say, I was in that room when you made that joke, I will never – 
forget that the rest of my life. It was such Did a like, just erupt. It went insane, but at the same time, like a whole oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. I can't believe that just happened. But what people don't understand, if somebody was like critical of it, for example, uh-huh. like like I Andy Stanley was standing right backstage. I knew of he course. was there, right? And I got off stage and after he goes, dude, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. Because <laughs> someone like him like what what that joke is doing is not it's not of it's not a commentary on Andy it's a commentary on everyone's right. thoughts on Andy exactly so if if i made a joke about how Andy Stanley's like a big environmentalist even if he was no one yeah. would get that cuz no one knows that exactly so you're making light of the thing that people think about and he's like yeah thank goodness cuz i don't know how to address this but it's ridiculous so you don't think andy stanley knows the bible agree exactly. with him or not you're an insane person exactly i love that i really smart comedy does that well yeah if it's it takes, done well it takes yep. the elephant in the room it takes the tension in the room the unspoken thing in the room yep. and it handles it with finesse yep. so it it somehow gives the listeners the opportunity to both criticize that thing yep. and laugh at it same time it's it's brilliant and i think comedy you know i like that you said that because um i've been a lifelong fan of comedy just like you um yep. just grown up in funny F- funny is a value of mine i've studied it i love comics and comedians and funny writers and funny everything and so um in my opinion comedy is incredibly useful especially right now the 100%. world's weird right now yep. you know it's just a weird time to be alive and everything feels um angry and bananas yeah, and yeah. feels real pulled apart at the seams and um just some some of our security feels a little rattled yeah. and so in my opinion comedy comes in and does something that just straight commentary can't do that you can't um, yep yep yeah it just it, it scratches an itch that we need scratched it does a thing for culture i think that keeps us on the rails don't 100%. you agree i mean yeah. don't you think comedy is more important than just making people laugh yeah 100 well, percent. that joke about andy stanley at the end of the day was in defense of him right and i love andy stanley and it's it's, it's basically what i'm saying is come on be serious. exactly a lot of times people on the internet i would never delete a negative comment on one of my videos i used to be I used to think it was I would get angry if people didn't get my jokes or be, you know, mad. But now, like, it's it's weird to say. I just am sad for someone that mm-hmm. can't get like you. Like I, I, you can't laugh at that. You can't yeah, laugh at exactly. That? Like I was in a I was in like a black barber shop yesterday getting a haircut, and I made a a whole Instagram story about how why they have all these like these photos up of these black guys with all these cool haircuts and then these white guy haircuts were like most nerdy lame and i was like hey man how come we can can we get a better photo up here and then i go and then i go that it was it was uh, i was the only white guy in there and they were listening to rap music and i sat down in the chair i was like hey now that i'm here can we get some cold play or something playing in here and just like as a joke and they I that, and those guys are friends of mine, and I that right. brings, that does way more to bring down it the does. barrier of of inequality and racism than being like you're right. Think about that in a certain way. If like comedy's done right, like Chris Rock, a racial joke will lead to change. But sometimes there's a yeah. comic that's just racist. So there, it's not, you know true. what I'm saying. Sometimes they're just like, wow, yeah. that's just very. So you can tell. I think for my jokes about the Christian faith is like this guy 
this guy, like, you don't know me. We haven't talked about my testimony, but you assume you're like, this guy's on the team, right? Right. You're like, I think exactly. he's with us. You know what I'm saying? And we, yeah. we, we're trying to gather that about you or about who, whatever yeah. person you're like, I, I'm pretty sure this guy's on the team. You know what I'm saying? That's he's, right. he's not trying to tear. You see somebody that other jokes, or maybe like if you go to open mic night, there's 15 com- comedians, 13 of them have a joke about Jesus in their act tonight. I guarantee right. you, but they're not, it's not, he's, they're not on the team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People know right away because your material's not mean spirit. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so that's the difference. It's still absolutely hilarious. It's ironic. It's satirical. It allows us to make fun of our own selves, but it has the feel of it that is not mean spirited at all. And to your point, you are able to make social commentary with it. Right. Um, without the shame, without the soapboxing, um, without the the wagging finger, like it just, it introduces those concepts into the, the sort of conversation um, in a way that's just not as threatening and it would, um, it would lead not as confrontational. To, I think at the end of the day, it would be my hope that it would lead to actual, like we had a, a, a spoof on uh, house hunters. It was called church hunters. Yes. It's hilarious. Right? So like it was making a joke about how like these churches, like, well, I don't want to go to this church. There's no Wi-Fi. Oh, there's no French press coffee here. I'm like, like right. that is hilarious. And that's like one of my <laughs> biggest videos. But I feel like at the end of the day, hopefully people will be like, yeah, we can't. Uh-huh. Right, we can't keep yeah. doing this. Right, like this is lame. Because this is no lame because it's how we church. do it. Yeah, we cannot. And yeah. so it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Exactly. I, that's that's what I love about your work. Uh, your who are all these people in your videos? We see a lot of the same folks over and over. Who's your Who's your crew? Oh man, well, let's see. All right, well, Aaron Tuning is the guy that's in a lot of them. He oh, yeah. is. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. We went to college to, or went to high school, not together. We went to the same high school. He actually dated my little sister. He's been a nice a friend of mine for a long time. And then the, you probably see a lot of like, like a, probably a lot of women in different videos, yep. which is like, I, it's like hard. Cause like a lot of my topics are about like dating exactly. or, or things like that. And somebody's like, wow, John has a lot of different girls in his video. I was like, yeah, well, if I had the same girl right. in every video, then you would ask about her. So I try to like, <laughs> I try to like switch it up. And some of them are comics and some of them are just your friends that you've roped into this. Yeah. Well, I would see, I would always, always, I would never use a friend that is not uh, in, in comedy or in entertainment in some way. Cause I did that one time and then all the nasty comments and they're oh. like, well, I didn't need this. I'm like your neighbor. Um, I don't need, totally. <laughs> I don't need guys like trying to like say all these inappropriate, disgusting things to me. So, oh, but if it's funny, if it's a YouTube, they're used to, that's true. you know, criticism or somebody saying this is not funny. Like if you say I'm not funny, I'm uh, that's, I can handle that. That's but if so you true. say, if you told my little sister, you don't look good that, you know, she's going to the therapist immediately, you know, that's a great point. I had my, I did a, a Facebook live last night. Um, and I asked my three best friends to come on and do it with me. It's like a book hub. And so they're like, I'm like, what time does it start? I'm like 8 PM be at my house, like seven 45 and they get over and I'm like, why are y'all's faces so red? They're like, well, we've already had a bottle of wine. Um, yeah, oh, it's like, we're not accustomed <laughs> to your life. Like we don't yeah. want, all, we don't know what these people are going to say to us and i'm like oh that's so true i forget like, oh yeah that people we have been we're accustomed at this point for feedback yeah, remember, good and bad yeah the first time that ever somebody ever said something negative to you it changed your life you're like oh 
everybody's not like my friend and then you kind of like oh yeah i'll get over it right and you do i mean we've we've developed like thick skin for that for sure but our regular people are like no we don't want any part of this nonsense about your life hey guys my friend jessica honiger founder of noonday collection launched her new podcast going scared this month And I will be your guest on this week's episode, launching Wednesday, February 21st. So be sure to subscribe now so you can check that out when it airs. Also, if you care about social impact or entrepreneurship, or you just want to live a more courageous life, this will be your go-to podcast, I promise. So to celebrate the launch of Going Scared, Jessica is giving away a gorgeous, crazy, amazing Moroccan rug she picked up on her last visit to Morocco to one lucky subscriber. So go subscribe now to the Going Scared podcast and take a screenshot showing that you subscribed. And then... Post your screenshot on your Insta story or Instagram feed and tag Jessica. It's at at Jessica Honiger, and that is H-O-N-E-G-G-E-R, at Jessica Honiger. Or if you're a Facebook person, head to Jessica's personal page, and there will be a post there with details on how to enter. So listen, you only have until Sunday night, February 25th, to enter, so go get on it. Okay, so listen, um, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. You just fire them off. Uh, okay. What now, because you've been doing this for a decade, so you've got a lot to pull yep. from. What's your favorite yep. comedy bit that you ever came up with? Like you're, oh, this, the thing man. that you're like, that is so funny and I love telling it or I love the uh, reaction I get from it. I, the, the funniest, my favorite bit of all time is, is uh, I have the joke about uh, alcoholic drink names. Okay. So somebody was... <laughs> this is probably on the internet somewhere. Somebody was drinking a uh, mudslide okay. at my show one time. And I go, what is that? And there is a mudslide. I was like, we are so ignorant as Americans. We have alcoholic drinks named after the natural disasters <laughs> right. of other countries. Like, <laughs> I said, and then I said, what of, how would you feel if you went to like a foreign country? Let's say you're in like, and somebody started ordering drinks named after American disasters. <laughs> like if somebody was like, Hey, let me get a Hurricane Katrina. (laughs) uh, The bartender brings it out. It's like 13 ounces of alcohol in a 12-ounce glass. (laughs) (laughs) Like it comes with an umbrella, but it's flipped over at the bottom. You just wouldn't. All right. So that's a perfect example of a joke right there. It's not to make light of anyone that died in a natural disaster. It's not to... It, it's nothing but a clever exactly. play on words. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but it's, it's always my favorite. Every time I tell, I don't tell it much anymore, but it's a classic. Oh, uh, it's classic. All right. Who's somebody that you really wanted to meet sort of in the industry that you finally got to meet? Like who's, who's somebody you were like, yes, we finally got a face to face. Well, you know what? In, in the comedy, like when you, cause I've opened for all of these people, Jeff Fox, Willie, Dave yeah. Chappelle, all of them. You can't like, you can't you just got to be chill you know what i'm saying oh of course yeah, you're like you a, you're like a peer of theirs uh-huh so like that's a, but if you if i met like i don't know somebody like a movie star or someone that's not in my that's area true. you could geek out a little bit but as a, like a i kind of got to be like hey what's up dude like super chill <laughs> you gotta act like you've been there yeah i've been there yeah right yeah i probably probably dave chappelle i grew up watching the chappelle yeah. show and a lot of my 
sketches are are I learned from that type of uh, tone as a comic when yeah. I met him. Like a, it was like a changed my life, but I I chose to act like oh what's up dude super chill. <laughs> I was like what's your name again dude yeah no, cool. stop it no I didn't say that I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, that's so great okay last question I ask everybody this um, this is a question by Barbara Brown Taylor and it could be anything it could be big small funny serious it doesn't matter um, and this is it what is saving your life right now oh man what is saving my life right now you know what I uh, it's like, um, like it's hard to say, but so I've been out, I've been out on, uh, on tour yeah. with a uh, skillet and just like what, for whatever you know of them or, or Carrie Job also, right. this is like, I'm just coming up as a comic and I'm just starting to experience like stalkers and people trying to like grab me at the meet and greet or waiting by the tour bus or things that, that I, it just overwhelming for me as a guy that just wanted to tell jokes and all these, these other artists that I'm out with are like, yeah, yeah, we like, yeah, that's, that's part of it. And we, we have like, like Justin Bieber canceled his, his, the rest of his world tour and we have the same uh, representation and they said it, 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 I couldn't say this specifically, but it cost him about 150 million of his own money. Wow. Gosh. Just cause he was like, I just don't, I don't want to do it anymore. Wow. You know? And, and whether me and you are on a lower level, like we have things we want to say and we want to change the culture and we see mm-hmm. the way things are going and we don't like it we and we stand up and and you you look at the comments mm-hmm. or you know somebody's every winter jam there's people picketing outside of it hmm. about how christians have gone to commercial or get back to the roots hmm. of all and we're like oh so like this is like this it's okay it's uh-huh. it like you are allowed to not like me or uh-huh. you're allowed like it's coming up when someone has said something negative about me, just put me into the, like into depression. I'm talking about for like weeks, man. And now like hearing bigger people that deal with the same thing, you're like, Oh, so like, it's just part of it. Yeah. So you're, so like, like you've, me and you have said, Hey world, like if there's an accountant that's working in a cubicle and somebody comes in and trashes his work, I've said like, he didn't ask for that. We asked, it's true. Hey, everybody read my book. Yep. Right. And I said, "Hey, everybody, come to my comedy show. If somebody comes and doesn't like it, they've they they've done what you asked them That's to a great do." Great point. My counselor mm-hmm. goes, "I got you know these negative this 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 and this." And he goes, "Yeah, they're allowed to say that. They're mm-hmm. allowed to." That's good. I'm like, oh, they are. Like, yeah, like you don't that. have to delete them. You don't have to block yeah. them. They they're allowed to say that. Nor does it have to change your day or your life. They're allowed yeah, to say yeah. that, and you're allowed to move on with your life. Welcome. You're welcome to, you're yeah. welcome. Not, you, we're probably not going to acknowledge it or, or right. love it, but you're welcome to contribute and say, I didn't, I don't think this is funny. I think this is across the line. I don't that's think. Good. I really like that perspective. I think that's great. And I think that takes some of the outrage out of the stratosphere and brings it down to the ground where it belongs. And it also takes some of the pressure off to either always defend yourself or always answer back or always engage every critic. I mean, we simply can't. I mean, that's impossible. And so I think assigning the right amount of um, attention and permission to other people's opinions is smart. It's wise to say, oh, you're actually entitled to that. So, okay, 
you know, on, on we go, um, without or it making the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. My, being, like, my therapist said, if you're going to, if you're going to respond to that negative comment, you I want you to first go through every and say, thank you to all 10,000 people that said they loved it. Oh my gosh. That is right? a crazy burn. That almost makes me cry. I actually, wow. when I say, cause that is like, that's the realest, like somebody, Wow. said at my show they go i can't they I, I they walked out of my show because i had a joke about uh, uh i was i had like a trump ref it wasn't even against trump yeah. it was just like making a reference about uh whatever and somebody walked out of the show and sent this huge long email mm -hmm. but then you also got a standing ovation and mm -hmm. somebody messaged me and said hey i have like i have like cancer and I'm in chemotherapy mm -hmm. and I get out of the hospital and go watch your videos or yep. in, so you like, how can both of these things be yes. true? That's right? good. How can these, either I'm like this saint that's like mm -hmm. sent from heaven to like save everybody or I'm like the antichrist. Right. Um, I, I love that. I think we get to pick, um, who we pay attention to and how much weight we lend it. And as people who've willingly put themselves in the public, that's part of the deal. So that is like a really healthy practice. And I'm not going to forget that. Okay. Listen, tell everybody where they can find you and all that. Oh man. Uh, you could probably just go, uh, this, I was going to say, this sounds very arrogant, but I could just you Google John Chris probably yeah. is where it would just be easy Google enough. Me. No, that's not, no, I take that. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm John B. Christ on yes. uh, every piece of social media everywhere. Hey, thanks for being on today. Hey, much love. I'll, uh, uh, when, whenever love. I come down to, where are you guys in Austin, right? We're in Austin. Yep. Austin. All right, when we, I don't, I don't know if we're coming. I don't know if there's enough Christians to bring winter jam down there. <laughs> I but, mean, there uh, never is. Nobody ever comes to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but but next do, time I'm in town, I'm going to for sure, uh, well, I'll come over or something like that. I just invited myself over to your house. That's how I like to do things. All right. Thanks, John. Much love. He is so great. In fact, we stayed on the phone even after we finished recording and talked for longer because he is interesting and smart and funny and oh he is just fabulous listen everything that we talked about today all the videos all the pieces that he does um everywhere he's at on social media and on the internet i will have linked in the transcript which is over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab plus if you're not going to our transcript on the regular you should we build that out with so much additional content. There are pictures and links for everything and additional information and content. And so um, be sure if you are enjoying this podcast, jump over to jenhatmaker.com and go to the transcript page because there's even more for you after every single episode. Um, my assistant Amanda does just a brilliant job on pulling that together for you. So um, more is more over there for sure. Listen, thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for always listening. Thanks for your feedback and your reviews and for subscribing. This is just the most fun. And I love this podcast and I love you as my listeners. And so um, can't wait to be with you next week. Um, you guys have a good one and I will see you next week on the show. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.